Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams podcast. I'm a personal trainer and women's online health coach, bringing you all things health, wellness, money, mindset, and just life in general. If you want to learn, laugh, and up-level your life, this is a podcast for you. Each episode, we'll talk habits, tips, tricks, and big ideas to nourish your mind and inspire you to create your dream life by design. Let's dive in. Monica, welcome to the podcast. Yay. Thank you for having me, Jessie. I'm so excited to uh, get straight in today and ask you so many questions because one of the things I fucking love about you is that you haven't niched down just because the industry tells you to niche down. And I feel like you are such a multifaceted person and I love everything you do. With that being said, though, I would love for you to tell the audience a little bit about you, who you are and what you do. Okay, so I'll try and be quick. Um, <laughs> so I am a trauma healer, a period whisperer, and a feminine and masculine embodiment coach. So for men, I help them to feel grounded in their masculine, and women, obviously, in their fem- in their feminine. Um, and my overarching theme is trauma. When it comes to even like business coaching or period stuff, it's all about how trauma is in your body and how it's affecting your ability to get your period or to sell or to, you know, magnetize money and to manifest things or to be feeling really safe in your relationship, to express your needs to your partner, um, how, how like safety affects your ability to be in your feminine energy, all that kind of stuff. I've been doing this for like three years, I think now coming on, which is crazy how quickly time flies. And I'm Australian, but I live in New York and I grew up in New York. Um, and my dog's name is Jelly and they're the most important things. <laughs> I love Jelly. I've got two little cavoodles. Is he a cavoodle? No, he's a toy poodle, but he looks like a cavoodle. Yeah. He's not very curly and I don't get his hair cut where he has like a snout. So he doesn't look like a poodle. He's got like a very round face. Yeah. He's a very attractive dog. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, awesome. I love all of that. And I love that exactly as you explain it, trauma is like that underlying theme there. But one of the things I would love to chat to you today is a little bit about the difference between masculine and feminine energy, because I think the masculine has been put on a pedestal for such a long time. And now we're seeing this huge transition where people are talking about the feminine and what that kind of means. And I would love to know um, if you can explain to us the difference between masculine and feminine energy and how they show up both in their wounded and their balanced versions. Okay. So masculine energy is like, it's the energy of like being um, focused on something, having direction, discernment, making decisions, um, like going from A to B. It's that it can be boundaries, but I also like to say that like feminine is also boundaries. Um, but it's like really standing in your truth, those boundaries, not letting people like walk all over you. Um, most the, the main energy focus of it though, is that it is still right? So meditation is masculine. It is still, it is focused. It is like one task at a time, men, one thing at a time, um, very single focused. They have direction, discernment, and the masculine is looking for an outcome always. The feminine is the being, right? So masculine's doing, feminine's being. It's just the enjoyment. It's the mess. It's the wildness. It's the fact that like we have 50 different things going on in our lives at one time, but we somehow can like remember it all and like do it all. It's the emotion. It's the softness. It's the heart space. It's your ability to um, feel someone else's energy when they walk into a room and see what, like know whether they're upset, whether they're stressed, whether they're angry. 
that is the feminine and most of all she is really magnetic so the feminine is what like receives all about receiving things so it's how you receive your manifestations how you magnetize things to you uh it's how you receive gifts most people are shit at that that's all the feminine stuff I love all of that. And it's just like evidence of how in your feminine you are. If we tie back into how it's like, you're like that jack of all trades sort of thing. Yeah. You don't niche down or do these like business strategy or, you know, like this yeah. really like it's this way or that's it. It's just purely you showing up as your authentic self and being in your feminine and like your audience is so fucking magnetized to you. And so like, <laughs> I think you're like the perfect poster girl for like someone fully embodied. <laughs> And I also want to say that like I'm fully embodied without, I think a lot of people also think the feminine is like, you got to float around in like a boho skirt all day. And I'm not like that. Like a lot of people would, would sometimes think that like I'm masculine because I'm fiery and I get shit done and I'm disciplined, but I'm not, I've got a masculine side of myself. Like we all do. I'm just very, very balanced. And I'm very good at knowing like what energy do I need to be in right now? So if I'm with a man, I'm obviously like so in my feminine, like brain is off. If I'm working, I'm more in my masculine. I'm getting to A to B, I'm more in my masculine, but I'm very good at being able to like play between both of them. And I'm not, I don't walk around in a boho skirt all day. That's also fine, but you could also be wearing a suit to work because it's like fucking sexy and still be in your feminine. Mm, Yeah, I love that and resonate with that so deeply. And something I've seen coming up a lot is people talking about the masculine um, almost like when almost like women blaming masculine on burnout and things like that. And they're like, oh, I've been so in my masculine. I've been overworking and can you explain how like yeah. o- perhaps like overworking and things aren't actually the divine masculine? Okay. So there's a couple of pieces to this. So firstly, everyone's like demonized the masculine. The problem with that though, is now some things are too feminine, right? People aren't understanding that you need both. So some men are becoming quote unquote too feminine because they're actually becoming too emotional. And that's not good because they're not, if they're not being, they're not being taught this is when you show emotion. This is when you don't. So if you're in like a situation where you need to be the provider and the protector, you being emotional doesn't make a woman feel safe. Like that's not being a man. And and men are so confused, right? Because society is like masculine is bad, but masculine isn't bad. It's masculine being expressed in an unhealthy way. So unhealthy men are bad. And guess what? Unhealthy women are also bad. So when you're too in your masculine, it's not actually necessarily being always too in your masculine. It's too in your masculine and unaware. So it's unaware that like you're addicted to the adrenaline rush of working too hard. It's unaware that the fact that you're sleeping a lot could mean that you're really tired you're unaware, like you're not in tune with your body and men can also be in tune with their body of like, Hmm, I've been a bit bloated the last few days. Maybe it's because you're really fucking tired or because you're stressed. So I understand what you're saying. And, um, yeah, you can be too in your masculine and you are just being too in your masculine and therefore you find it hard to be in your feminine. And you can also be too in your masculine and blissfully unaware because you're addicted to your trauma cycle, which is why a lot of women will hustle, hustle, hustle. And they think it's fun and they feel validated and they feel like life's the fucking best. And I have to be careful of this because that was my pattern. And it's very easy for me to get addicted to stress. So I notice those days sometimes when for a four hour period, my adrenals have 
been going off and I'm feeling so high and I'm like, oh, I'm actually high on cortisol is what I'm high on. And so you have to bring yourself back down and learn how to become quote unquote high on being relaxed. Mm, I feel like you were just speaking to my soul. (laughs) That's totally been my patterning as well. And I have to be so incredibly mindful of that. But I love how beautifully you kind of like uh, shifted that into just lacking that awareness. And I think a lot of people, both men and women, it's so much easier for them due to social conditioning and stuff like that to be in their masculine just because it's easy to do and it's not so easy to be, especially when we're in a really results driven next, 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 want it fast kind of culture. What are some ways in which we can shift back into our feminine, especially when we have wounding or uh, trauma that makes us afraid to step into that? So I always say things like dancing, sexy lingerie, X, Y, and Z. But the bottom line is that those things won't work unless you let go of the masculine. It's not actually about people often think I've got to add more feminine. That's not what you do because you're adding more to your plate. You actually have to let go of the masculine. So it's letting go of a busy calendar. It's being able to be like, actually, this is a masculine task of saying no and having discipline. I've actually been like, you know what? It's a Friday and I'm fucking tired. So no, I'm not going to go out and drink a bottle of wine with you tonight, but thank you anyway. That is actually really healthy masculine discipline. Um, So it's actually more about being able to let go of the masculine rather than add the feminine in. So where are you being too disciplined? Where are you being too results driven? Where are you too stressed? Why is your calendar too full? And it's actually about taking away some of those things. I would love to come back to something you said earlier about, you know, you being in your feminine, how you're like, I'm not like in that like boho skirt and (laughs) everything like that. And I think this is something really huge in that when we start or starting to have these conversations about feminine, we're now like really celebrating all of the light, the magical and the whimsical and the pretty dresses and the softness and the typical good girl. and, And we're really not celebrating or allowing that dark feminine that fiery feminine that you know sexual that like really magnetic and all of that so how can we stop disowning this darkness and what would you say disowning that darkness does for the feminine disowning your darkness is fucking exhausting men too disowning your truth this is the spiritual bypassing right is fucking exhausting because it's yourself and Everyone bypasses themselves, gaslights themselves, cancels themselves. Whatever these fucking new words are, never even heard of them until this year, right? Um, they, we're doing it to ourselves because we are thinking that that is bad. So feeling your truth is bad. Having your experience, your human experience is now bad. And you got to be Miss Positivity all the time. And you got to be Miss Boho, chic, fucking soft feminine vibes all the time. And the bottom line is all you're doing is you're actually disowning your truth. So the way that I kind of like, like to put it is making friends with your dark side. When you make friends with your dark side, she won't rule you anymore because she's not trying to rebel and she won't come out in unhealthy times. She'll come out in a healthier way because you're not like shutting her down. It's like when you say no to a kid, a kid's like, fuck you. And then they'll rebel. So it's like when you say no to a part of yourself, that part of yourself will rebel. But if you're like, oh yeah, I need to honor this. Just give me 10 minutes and I'll be home soon. That's honoring yourself. And then they, and then your dark side won't come out in bad ways. So as an example, 
Um, a way that I see a dark side come out is really your dark side is like that primal side of yourself, right? So a way that I can see a dark side come out is uh, what's a good example? Let's okay, let's use like a business kind of example. A way that a dark side could come out is that someone doesn't get what they want. Let's use this. This is a very broad one. Someone doesn't get what they want and then they get nasty. Have you ever witnessed that? Where like mm. they're a really nice person and they like love you. And then all of a sudden they get like, they they didn't get what they want. They're having a tantrum and they get so fucking nasty. And you're like, you're literally making shit up and they know it. They know they're making stuff. They're like trying to pull random shit to like make a case anyway. So that would be someone that doesn't honor their truth regularly. And that then lets, doesn't know how to control their dark side. So it just gets projected and like vomited onto someone else versus someone else that's that welcomes their dark side they would go and experience that themselves get the rage out the anger which is always about yourself never about someone else um get that out, and then they would come back to you from like a grounded space you don't project your darkness on to someone else you feel it for yourself in your own room and when you do that it's very easy to know your needs so i was talking about this actually with my queen alchemy girls yesterday about needs and most people don't know their needs because they never allow themselves to experience like emotional turmoil within themselves where they let themselves feel really uncomfortable they'll they'll um allow their primal instincts to like jump in before that happens so like in a relationship for example they don't women don't know like a need of like a really common one is i want to know that i'm being thought about every day cool ask him to text you every day right in a specific way which we can talk about later ask you to text him every day and they go, oh, but he should need, he should know that I want that. Which is like, you know, the classic things that women are like, no, he should know that. Anyway, you don't know that need unless you've witnessed the part of yourself that feels abandoned. That's why isn't he texting you? And you feel all of that. You process it. You're no longer triggered by it. And then you go, that is a need. I'm going to express that to him. And when you express it, it's from a really grounded space. So I welcome all my dark shit. And what that means is that I'm actually a very grounded person where someone could be like a bitch to me and I'd be like, are you finished yet? And I don't react because there's nothing to react with because I process everything that I need to process. So I'm not walking around with shit in me all the time. Mm, And almost having their triggers trigger you in return and it just becoming this like cycle, like trigger wounding. Well, yeah, people don't know how to respond. Everyone knows how to react. People don't know how to respond to things. And responding and reacting is two very different things. Which I think ties beautifully in with trauma and stuff like that as well and how not resolving trauma and things can cause a lot of like triggers and wounding and stuff to come up. And if people lack that awareness piece, then it's like they're always in this fucking reactive state where they just have no idea why they're even reacting and they lack awareness of how to like process. So I would love for you to chat to us a little bit about what trauma is to start and then how do we even begin clearing that shit okay so trauma is an energetic hangover essentially that's left in your body so as an example dad said he'd be home at 6 p.m was when you were little and you're waiting at the door because it's very common like little girl i want daddy to come home waiting at the door six o'clock he doesn't come home six thirty seven o'clock and then mom's like daddy's not coming home until much later you need to go to bed that's and people don't register registers people register trauma as like i was in a plane crash that's traumatic right now what happens is that you might have started crying and your mom's like this is an example and your mom's like no no don't cry don't cry you're a big girl you're fine off to bed 
And so then you stop crying and you hold it in. And that energetic hangover is that you never processed the abandonment that you felt. That stays in your body forever and it gets triggered again and again and again. And you never let yourself fully feel it all the way back to when you were four years old waiting for your dad that one evening, right? And you can, and that's 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 trauma as an example where it's an energetic hangover. Another more extreme example is, and people probably felt this before, when you're in like a car accident or something or something really traumatic and your body starts shaking, that's trauma. And then someone runs over to you and hugs you and then you stop shaking. That's not a good thing to do because what's, and that doesn't mean go hug people. It's just like, it means they need to then clear it afterwards. What happens is your body, your animal body was trying to release the trauma like dogs do and like any animal does in that moment and someone hugged you. So someone stopped you from releasing the trauma. And as a result, you then now get triggered every time like a car comes close to running a red light or there's a car near you and you jump. That's because you never actually finished processing how petrified you were in that moment. You shut it down. You blocked it. Someone else hugged you. You thought you felt safe and you did feel safe, but you didn't allow yourself to finish the trauma cycle. Mm. So most people, there's like a trauma cycle and most people get stuck somewhere in the cycle. So they never finish the cycle. When you finish the cycle, you don't get traumatized by it anymore. Like, for example, I had a really bad ski accident where someone hit me, like a snowboarder hit me. And it wasn't until I finished the trauma cycle that I could ski again with snowboarders and not worry about them hitting me because I felt like I was in control again. And I felt like I was strong enough that if someone was to come near me, I'd push them away before they'd fucking run me over. Um, So that's an example of trauma. How to start clearing your trauma. I would say a very simple one that I can give without being morally and ethically incorrect because I can't do stuff on a podcast is, um, is be emotionally available to yourself. So when you experience an emotion, when you, when you're, when you're sad, go and be sad, go weep, go cry, go feel it. The worst thing that you can do is not validate your emotions instead go and feel it. And so that'd be the one thing that I can give you without you being a client where it's safe for you to do, and you won't re-traumatize yourself, um, where you can just go into your bed and bawl your fucking eyes out about all the shit. You might not even know what you're crying about. That's fine. But actually getting it all out and you will feel that as a starting point, you will start to just feel like you're validating your experiences rather than constantly suppressing them. Mm, Yeah, really, really beautiful. And I would love to expand on that uh, concept of re-traumatizing and how it's so important. I think this is why so many people should be actually investing in people to support them through clearing their trauma because it can be re-traumatizing if if you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. So can you chat a little bit about, you know, re-traumatizing and how that can show up for people? Yeah, I've actually had a lot of um, coaches who have thought, oh, well, like I've done this, like I, I've, I've had it done on me so I can go do it myself. And they re-traumatize their clients. And then that client comes to me and they're like, oh, I, I like kind of did this before, but never in this way. And I'm like, who was your coach? I'm like, oh, interesting. Now all my clients have to sign a fucking thing being like, you're not going to go use this. Like, it's very dangerous. You don't know what you're doing. And you re-traumatize that person. If you don't know how to do proper trauma release, you re-traumatize them. So even as an example, like when I'm doing, like my clients are bawling their fucking eyes out on, on a call. And um, if I have to like, if let's say, for example, like the client's running late, I won't be like, oh, oh, sorry, the session's running over time. I'm not going to be like, sorry, session's over. Bye. That would re-traumatize somebody. You have to finish the fucking trauma cycle. So 
as an example, I would then have to like quickly text Sarah and Sarah within my assistant within text the next person like Monica's running half an hour later. We need to move your session. That's super important because if you don't do that, you re-traumatize the client because you haven't properly finished the process. Another way that you are re-traumatized just in your life, for example, is basically with trauma, when you haven't cleared it, anything that activates that trauma, it will, according to your body, you have felt that whole trauma all over again, even though you haven't. So as an example, you could have had like a really bad car accident. And every time a siren goes past you, you have a massive reaction, an emotional reaction, and you get really fucking stressed, hot and sweaty, a bit clammy. You're like, what's going on? What's going on is that every time you hear that siren, your body feels like you're about to die again. That's what it feels like. And so you constantly keep getting re-traumatized. So people stay in these cycles for fucking years where they get traumatized over and over and over again. And what will often happen is that people just numb out. And most people in our society are pretty numbed out and people became a lot more sensitive during COVID because they weren't being exposed to all this stimulus all the time because they weren't, you know, walking around the street. They weren't going to parties. There wasn't as much loud music. They weren't drinking as much, whatever. And so a lot of people's nervous systems got really sensitive, which actually made them feel more, which was really overwhelming for people because they couldn't numb out. Suicide rates went up because people couldn't numb out by going out with their friends and forgetting about things, by drinking, by being social, by burying themselves in work, they lost their job. And all those things, they allow you to stay stuck in a trauma cycle because you bury your actual feelings. And at the same time, you keep re-traumatizing yourself. And so when it comes to what I do with clients, it feels, and most of my clients are kind of scared to begin with because they're like, I know that I'm going to cry a lot. It's going to be like, not nice, but it feels so good afterwards Mm. because what you have to do is I have to take my clients through many different processes where their body finishes the trauma cycle. And then once that's done, they're like, what the fuck? I don't get scared of this anymore. And I've had clients where like, they've been wrongly, you know, put on trial or wrongly gone to jail and police have like, and like police are our protectors, right? And they've been totally abandoned essentially by by the police that they should be able to trust the police. And so that she couldn't hear any siren, nothing, she couldn't leave her house. And now she can walk up to a policeman and she's fine. And like that shit is magical, right? And it's so important because an example like that and an example or an example where you're traumatized by men or you're traumatized by a certain sound or a certain smell, you can't live your life fully if you're traumatized by things because you will constantly be trying to avoid that thing because you don't want to get scared again. You're constantly living in a state of fear. And if you're living in a state of fear, you can't be your authentic self. You can't enjoy your life. You don't feel free. You feel like a prisoner trapped in your own life. Yeah, so crazy, isn't it? And I think something that I really took away from that is, you know, that example you used about last year with, um, you know, everyone being forced to feel and they couldn't numb out and stuff like that. And one thing that is really fucking sad is that so many people have like are really associating emotions in these good and bad categories and it's not good and bad. It's just uncomfortable or pleasurable. Right. Um, And it's not that there's something wrong with them for feeling the emotion. It's that we're in a culture which lacks the education on what to do with those uncomfortable emotions, I think, which is really, really challenging. I would love to jump over to how trauma can or even the feminine stuff as well um, either lacking being in your feminine or trauma and things like that how they impact our cycle 
But before we go into periods and cycles, I would love you to tell us what are normal versus not normal period symptoms. Okay. Because I think so many people do not yeah. do not get this. Okay. So PMS, bloating, headaches, major fatigue, insomnia, sore boobs, heavy periods, painful periods, cramps, back pain, constipation, diarrhea, everything is not normal. It's common. It's not normal. It's actually your body telling you a specific thing. Like sore boobs, you may be iodine deficient. That's exactly what your body's telling you. Or you could be estrogen dominant, right? Having really bad, um, really like clotty periods, your circulation could be fucked, right? That's exactly, those symptoms are telling you an exact thing. So all that's normal with your period and your cycle is that around ovulation, you'll get really energized, so much energy. And then um, in your luteal phase, you'll feel more like cool, calm. You should, this is, this is should, by the way, if you don't feel like this is because you've got a hormonal imbalance. Um, you should feel more cool, calm, and collected. Like your to-do list can be so long when you're like, meh, can't be bothered. Who wants a rosé? That's the kind of vibe in, in your luteal phase. Um, you might sleep more. You'll feel like you want to organize things more. You'll feel more analytical. You can be more critical of your body and like just your life because you got more energy. Your, um, your progesterone is making your brain think harder. So you start to like criticize things. You're a lot more analytical. Um, and you can feel a bit more tired, right? And not even like really, really drained. It's like you feel more introverted. If someone was like, hey, want to go out until 3 a.m. and drink tequila? You'd be like, no, but you want to come over and eat sushi and watch a movie? That would be the thing where you'd want to like see people, but you don't want to go out and get fucked. Um, and then coming up to your period, you may feel a little bit more tired, a lot more introverted where you just like maybe don't want to see as many people or you're just really happy to have a chill night on your own or you don't feel like maybe as productive, but you're still fine. I think that's happening. And then your period is just you feel super introverted and you get a period and then your period disappears. That's, that's all it should be. Like I've done basically naked photo shoots on my period. People wouldn't know I'm not bloated. Like I'm fine. I will say the one physical change that you'll, that you'll experience in case no one knows this is we have a womb just in case it doesn't, anyone doesn't know this. And so everyone, women get very self-conscious about having a protruding lower stomach, right? Everyone tries to get rid of it. It's lower ab stuff. Get rid of it, get rid of it. And what they don't understand is that you need to fit a uterus in there. Men don't have uteruses. So men can have flat, flat abs, like paper flat, super straight, because they don't have a fucking uterus to store in there. And as your cycle, like as you go through towards your period, your uterus is getting bigger and therefore your lower stomach can feel like it's getting bigger. You're not putting on weight. Your lower stomach is getting a little bit swollen because you've got a uterus that's about to shed its lining. Um, That's all that's meant to happen with your period. So when it comes to trauma stuff, your period relies on your nervous system and the fact that you have to feel safe in order to have a period. So if your nervous system is really jacked um, from like stress from work, stress from your childhood trauma, things that you are blissfully unaware about, your nervous system causes there to be a a disruption, I guess is the right word, Uh, like, yeah, kind of disruption between or miscommunication is actually a good word between your brain and your ovaries because your brain talks to your ovaries and that's what makes you go through a cycle and then you get your period. Um, So if your nervous system is not calm and regulated, that will affect your cycle and your nervous system and your brain is affected by trauma. I actually got a really good episode. I think it's like 153 about how your brain is affected by trauma and that affects your period and actually go through all the different parts of your brain and how they're affected by trauma and how it's linked to your period and your ovaries and your hormones. And it's very interesting. So you can go listen to that if you want to. Um, The other thing also is that a lot of women 
because of their trauma and because of like trauma from fucking society, they don't feel safe in their feminine. They don't feel safe to let go and they don't feel safe around men. And in order for you to feel safe in your feminine, you have to feel safe around the masculine. Like in order for you to have femininity, we have to have masculinity. Um, and so as a result, if you don't feel safe in your feminine, your, your cycle is the essence of your femininity. So if you don't feel safe in your cycle, that will also, if you don't feel safe in your femininity, and your sensuality that will also show up in your cycle. Um, another common one with infertility is that if you had a lot of shit when you were a child, especially around your mom, and you being like, I don't want to be this kind of mom, that can affect your ability to feel pregnant. And that's also can be like a trauma example. But yeah, if you've had a traumatic incidence, your cortisol goes high, like is increased, and that stays high until you fix it. And that affects your progesterone and your estrogen and all that kind of your luteinizing hormone and your follicular stimulating hormone. And that will affect your cycle and your period. Are there any kind of like period issues, let's say PCOS, endometriosis and things like that, that you feel either aren't related to the basics, the foundations of nutrition, um, you know, exercise, looking after, obviously like taking care of your body on a physical level. Mm. Are there anything that you see, which is usually more heavily a result of trauma than the physical stuff? Yeah. So how it will often be, and I ask my clients this before they see me, so I know where to like put them is um, if you've done the physical stuff. So if you've done stuff for your physical body, so like health, nutrition, exercise, and you've kind of like minimized your stress, like as best you can in your life and nothing's changed, then you know, it's energetic. So a lot of women will come through with endo and they've cut sugar out, they've changed their diet, blah, blah, and it still hasn't gone away. They've had a surgery and it still hasn't gone away. It's energetic. And then they do the energy stuff and then it's gone. Shock horror. And then um, a lot of the time also like missing periods. By the time someone's come to me, they've tried like eating more. They've tried exercising. Like, they've tried everything to get their period back on a physical level because that's pretty easy to like, Google and then do. And their period will still be missing for ages. That's an energetic thing. PCOS, insulin resistant PCOS, there's four different types. Doctors never fucking tell you the right one though. Although I don't tell, they to say PCOS, right? And it, that it may not be insulin resistant PCOS. Insulin resistant PCOS, yes. It's, a, it's because of an insulin resistance that you've got PCOS. And that can still be healed via food and energy because a lot of the time if people are addicted to like carbs and sugar it's coming from an energetic things so you fix that and then it helps with their ability to actually do the physical stuff when it comes to eating habits um and then when it comes to the other types of pcos they're very often energetic or it's like post-pill pcos where you just got to wait a little bit until you've been off the pill support your body properly and then that will go away um infertility very very often it is energetic, very often energetic, or it's, and this is actually a funny case and just shows how little we know about our cycles. It's women and men having sex at the wrong time of their cycle. And they don't know that you have to have sex when you're ovulating. People think you can just fall pregnant any time of the month and you can't. So they're not having sex at the right time, or there's like an energetic blockage um, around infertility. And yeah, I would say they're the main ones. Mm, crazy and I think it's so good for people to start normalizing and becoming aware that it's not always just the food and the exercise and stuff and a lot of the time it is going in and, and releasing all that shit and the energetic blockages which are stopping you and I just had to laugh when you said um, about how many women uh, don't know that they need to have yeah. sex at a certain time and it's funny because it's so like how the fuck do people not know this but also that was me two years oh maybe two oh, three years ago like yeah so my brain is like I remember 
sitting down with like my acupuncturist and her telling me that and I was like what yeah. I can't get to, uh, like pregnant anytime and she was like no and I, and now knowing I'm like how did I, how do we not know this shit right because even like logically it's like we like in the when we didn't have birth control how did people not get pregnant and still have sex mm. and it's because you can't get pregnant every time of the month but yeah I used to also think that you could but like school doesn't help that school petrifies mm. you school makes you feel like if you look at a boy boom bun in the oven yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. oh my gosh so crazy um so I think um coming back to the nutrition side of things because I love how you fucking approach this shit of you can't just go and do the energetic shit and not actually step up and eat better and look after your body. It's like people almost will bypass that whole thing and be like, oh, it's an energy thing. When sometimes it literally is that you're eating you're like eating shit, too right? many fucking donuts. Yeah, <laughs> literally. So how do you kind of like approach this and what's your what's your take really on like self-love when it comes to, you know, honoring your body on like a physical and an energetic level? Yeah. So my take on self-love and like everyone's allowed to have their own perspective, obviously, of this. My personal take on self-love is that if you loved yourself, you would eat well. That doesn't mean that you can't go out and have some rosé with the girls, that you're not going to go eat gelato and pasta in summertime when you're on a date. That doesn't mean you're not going to like have a beautiful cheese board, but it does mean that you're not going to be eating donuts every weekend because like, oh, my body craves. No, your body doesn't crave donuts. You're addicted to sugar and your body craves serotonin. It doesn't crave donuts. That's so like people need to understand that like food is an experience a million percent, but you got to eat it like it's an experience. So if you go and have a beautiful, amazing, like fucking delicious brownie and you eat it like this, oh my God, orgasmic experience, that's completely different to you eating a brownie because you're hungry and that's fast and like whatever, or like you're had a shit day. So you just want to eat a fucking brownie. Completely different. And I also want to say sometimes we've had a shit day and you want some comfort food. No shame. Amazing. But it's about being really present and actually like conscious about it and choosing to do it from a place of self-love, right? So choosing to order a pizza because you've had a rough week and you're like, fuck this, I need a pizza from a place of self-love. And that then means that you don't beat yourself up the next day. So when you go and like have too many glasses of wine or when you don't work out for a week, it's not then you punishing yourself ever. It's like, no, that actually was really soul nourishing for me during that time. Like when I'm in Italy, I am eating the gelato and there's not one part of me that regrets that because it's like, it's part of the experience, right? So when people, I don't agree with some of the social media stuff that goes on, that's like, you know, um, showing off like eating donuts, eating all the shit food, blah, blah, and also promoting self-love. I'm like, how is that self-love? Because you're putting things in your body that literally kills your body and your body has to work harder to get rid of those things. Your body is struggling. It doesn't even know what to do with them. Your inflammation is going up. Your cortisol is going up. Your gut health being ruined. Your liver is, you know, being loaded with all these toxins. And you're telling me that self-love. To me, self-love is honoring your body. And that also can mean eating a donut, but you make it an experience. And because it's an experience, you're relaxed. Your serotonin is already high. Your gut is good because you're not stressed. And therefore the way that your body processes it is very different to if you were just stressed or being like, I need fucking donuts. It's a very, very different experience. That's why you'll often notice that if you go to Italy, love some Italy vibes, obviously, if you go to Italy and you're eating pasta 
for breakfast, pizza for dinner, sorry, pasta for lunch, pizza for dinner and fucking pastries for breakfast with gelato between every meal, you'll still not put on weight. People are like, I don't get it. How? Because when, when you're eating the food, it's this beautiful scenery. You're not eating as much of it because you're eating it slowly. And you're like, this is all fucking orgasmic. Yes, you're walking around a little bit, but that's not making that much of a difference. The fact is that you're not stressed and you're eating the food with so much fucking pleasure. You're not eating some beautiful food at a restaurant in front of a TV. Mm. You're eating it with your friends or your partners. You've had an amazing day. You guys are just high on life. That is fucking self-love. But eating donuts on an average Tuesday is not self-love. I love how you bring that energy piece into it because it's something that I talk about a lot with my clients is like the energetic experience of eating. It's not about whether it's a fucking pizza or a salad. It's about what are your intentions with that choice because you can eat pizza in one way and you can eat pizza in a whole other way and the energy of that and every single motherfucking time if you are eating a pizza in that shit energy I can guarantee you're gonna smash it and then like finish the whole pizza probably have some garlic bread keep going because you've already like feel like what the fuck I feel so guilty yeah versus when you're eating the pizza and you're mindful it's like you'll stop it for slices and you're like wow I feel really good feel really satisfied and you won't get bloated. People need to, like, if you try this out, try it out where you shove food down fast. You don't think about it. You're doing 10 things at once. You'll be bloated. Eat the exact same meal. Stare out the window, watch, like eat the meal, talk to your friend and you won't be bloated because mm-hmm. you're actually consciously eating it. So when it comes to like the physical aspects of health, yeah, like some people can just do all the energy work and then they don't look after their body. I'm like, no, we're a package deal. You need to do the energy work and the physical work it's both of them and the real thing is is that when you in my opinion when you love yourself you should respect your body it's I always say it's like it's almost like you got two parts of you right it's like there's you and then there's your body because like your soul and your body right and I respect my body I don't even it's not even that I respect me I respect my I respect me too obviously I respect my body so much that I don't want it to feel shit. And if I've been stressed or if I've been drinking a bit much and I feel a bit, ugh, I'm taking all the supplements. I'm, you know, doing some gut stuff because I respect my body and I don't like my body to feel like that. I don't want my body to feel stressed. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's crazy because people don't realize how much like when you don't respect your body and all that's happening is, you know, you're getting the inflammation, you're getting the gut issues and everything like that, how much that impacts you on a soul level as well. And so they're so intertwined and it's such a, like, it's really is a relationship dynamic between you. I love how excited Jelly's getting I know there's over a pig's ear on the bed and he's just running around. <laughs> he's he's, he's been it. inside for like four hours because of my clients. So he's getting very oh agitated. God. He's like, I'm ready to go. Um, yeah. I am going to ask you one last question, but before I do, I would love for you to tell us how people can work with you, where they can find you. What have you got coming up? Best places, Instagram website is monikayates.com.au. My podcast is feminine as fuck. And I know doors for Queen Alchemy have just closed, but are there any other ways people will be able to work with you? Yes. If anyone's got period issues and they need to do like more like the physical side of things, um, my program, Your Perfect Period, is open at the moment. But you, if, you're also, you're, if you don't know whether you need that, you can just send me a DM and I'll ask you what you've done so far. And then Queen Alchemy might be a better option if it's like an energetic thing. Um, but Your Perfect Period also like the education and the knowledge that you will get. And it will take away like all your PMS symptoms, like all that kind of stuff. Um, 
it'll just fix every period issue, hence your perfect period, and you'll get a perfect period and you'll feel so empowered. That was the thing last round. The girls after the first call were just like, oh my God, I feel so empowered finally understanding my cycle. And like 40 year old women like never knew this stuff. And it's it kind of makes people angry at first because they're like furious that no one taught them this stuff about their body, but it's really empowering. And then you can pass that on to your kids and your godchildren and whatever else. Um, I would say that's the thing at the moment. And um People can just follow me and then they can see what opens up in the future. Mm. And yeah. you have so many incredible resources, like your podcast, your website, freebie downloads. Like you just have so much fucking free Thank goodness. You. I love that. <laughs> um, because the one thing I love the most is so many coaches like create these little freebies as like sales channels and you download it and it's a bunch of fucking shit. I know. <laughs> Whereas with you, like every free resource is like, you can use that shit. So like take advantage of that. It's amazing. Thank you. Um, so my last question for you, and I think this is something that I, I love about you as well, is that I think that you really find a beautiful way to bring pleasure into day-to-day life. It's not like these big dramatic moments. And I mean, it is that stuff too. It's like, you know, manifesting your apartment and all that incredible things, but just day-to-day life and those small things, how can we find more pleasure in the day-to-day? Yeah. So I always say you need to integrate it into the things that you're already doing. So like when you're having a shower, do some breast massage. When you get out of the shower, like when you put your moisturizer on, make it a sensual experience, so your coconut oil or whatever. Um, when you're cooking, put music on. When you're walking down the street, um, like look up, be fucking happy, right? Think about things that you want to manifest. When you're in the, when you're in the car blaring music, think about what you want to manifest when you're blaring the music. Put on sexy lingerie, buy yourself some fucking sexy lingerie, put on makeup so you feel beautiful. Like Makeup is a form of self-expression, right? Like I think a lot of women actually realized in COVID that we don't wear makeup for other people. We wear makeup for ourselves. We wear makeup because it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a ritual in the morning that makes us feel like we're getting ready. It's like you're putting on your face for the day. Like it is a feminine expression. What else? I love doing breath work. I, I love feeling my emotions. I used to fucking hate it. I honestly love, like I know you said before, there's like, the, we say there's good or bad emotions and there's not good or bad. There's just like the comfortable emotion and the uncomfortable emotions. I've become so comfortable with feeling anger, frustration. Um, I, have a, I have a lack of patience and I have gotten comfortable getting fucking really frustrated by people being slow with things, feeling um, any wounds that are coming up, any, any tears. I let them fucking out. I've become very, very comfortable feeling my emotions and I find so much beauty in my own vulnerability now. So Mm. I would say those are all the ways that I bring pleasure into my day-to-day life. Mm, I love that. All of the simple things. So incredible. Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. Um, I will drop everything in the show notes so people can find you. Um, And thank you for bringing some fun New York vibes to the potty. Thanks, Jesse, so much for having me. I really appreciated it.